Hey y'all, it's Jenny McGrew and this is the Worship Leaders Collective Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Worship Leaders Collective Podcast. We're so excited to have Christy Nordoff with us today. She is just such an incredible blessing to the body of Christ and to the world around her. Anyone who talks about Christy just has such amazing things to say about Christy. She's an amazing mom. She's an amazing wife. She's an, a, she's an amazing friend to the world around her. She's an incredible leader and mentor to so many. And she just has such a beautiful heart that burns within her just to give away what God has taught her and shown her. And now she's just able to multiply herself to many, if not eventually thousands of people around the world. So Christy, it's just an honor to be here with you today. So thank you. Well, thank you. What an introduction, Jenny. Um, I just, I'm so thankful to find friends like you, like-minded and like-hearted. And um, I really love just watching um, sort of in the background what's happened, but I'm on your Wilco page and it's just really amazing to see the community um, there and what you've poured in and just the heart behind the whole thing. So just honored. Um, and I feel like I'm running beside you. So I'm really thankful. Praise God. Better together. Yeah. Always. Always. Um, so we had in, one of the things that we had invited Chrissy onto our podcast today uh, to talk about was to first hear about her story. And then we're going to talk about some songwriting mentorship things that she has in place that she'd like to share with us so Christy let's hear a little bit about your story you know just how you got into songwriting who you are today like where did that start yeah so um I grew up on a farm in Michigan and um I think it just was an opportunity to have a lot of creative space so we really didn't have a whole lot growing up. In fact, we didn't even have a TV for probably over half of the time I was growing up. Um, and so we got pretty creative with how we spent our time. And um, of course, one of my favorite things that I started doing was writing. I started writing around age five, although I didn't know that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But um, one of my grandmothers played the piano by ear and she was amazing. And um, I used to love to watch her play. I actually have her organ in my house today. Um, But I learned my first few things on piano from her. And she actually passed away right before I turned five. And then I started writing at age five. So looking back, I feel like there was some sort of um, mantle passed from her Mm -hmm. in some ways. And, um, And I found out incredible crazy stories about that side of the family since but um but I think that was definitely in my blood and um yeah and so I continued to grow and um continued to sing and write and then I was in a songwriting class in college that really changed everything for me and didn't realize at the time what an impact that would have on my life but um but I would have gone those four years all over again, just to have that one class. So it was, um, at Anderson university and Gloria Gaither was the teacher for a few semesters, able to get her, um, 
for one of those. And then I moved to Nashville really to pursue the artist thing and immediately had a record deal that fell through after lots of negotiations right after I moved here. And when I got a chance to see what that life was going to look like close up, looking at the tour schedule and all that, um, my heart, I think I knew inside I, I couldn't do it. Like there was just something in me that felt like this isn't the right thing for me. I knew I wanted a family and I knew that was going to be hard for me personally to juggle. And I know some people are wired differently, but for me, I felt like, um, you know, I wanted my kids to be able to play soccer and I wanted to watch every game. um, So sort of made a choice after that whole thing fell through to do the independent artist thing, which we did for a long time. And we, we came to a point with that where there was a little pivot in my heart too. Um, I remember we traveled with our two boys and we'd do concerts and um, festivals and churches and all that stuff. And um, there's one day that we had two morning services and then a, a festival at night. And I got done with that day. And I said to my husband, I just feel a shift. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can keep doing this. This is crazy. And, um, I found out the next week I was pregnant, which that was good to find that out after the change in my heart. And, um, and during the time when I was pregnant, I wrote a song called your great name Mm -hmm. and it was recorded by our church. And, um, and I didn't sing it. And I didn't know I wasn't going to sing it until they called it up for rehearsal. And it was hard for me. It was the first time um, that I didn't sing one of my songs. And I just right. felt like the Lord just said, sit back in the choir and, um, and sing with the choir and just watch what I do. And so I did. And he taught me through that song that I can do what I was made to do in both respects, which is Mm. be home as much as I can with my kids. Cause that was really my heart. But the other side of my heart is this chase and this dream of writing songs for the church. And Mm -hmm. he showed me a different way. He showed me a way that I didn't understand until it happened, which was the songs can carry your heart and travel and you get to stay home. And so, yeah, it took me a long time to get to that place of, Oh my gosh, I'm a songwriter. Like, that's who I am. It took me right. several years and lots of roads to figure that out, but right. that's sort of the long version of it. <laughs> no, it's, it's wonderful. And thanks for sharing that. And that can be a hard thing for a lot of people to realize is that we say on one hand, we want to be who God's called us to be, mm-hmm. and do what God's called us to do. But when we have crossroads like that, oftentimes we don't actually get to pick because at that moment, you're really challenged by the Lord. Okay, do you really want to do what I've called you to do? Do you really want to be who I've called you to be? Because this is what you thought it was going to look like, but this is actually what I want it to look like. And I I can't imagine how you were even feeling in that moment and all the feelings, you know, and the tension of surrender and then just the natural human feelings, you know, of just being an artist, being a writer, being a worshiper. Mm-hmm. being a wife, being a mother, you know, being a leader, just the convergence of all those emotions, but just being, but at the core of your being, just saying, God, whatever you want, I'll do it. 
And if this yeah. is if this is the path, then I'm going to walk down it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and I always had this little fear, which the enemy will do. You know, this whole like fear: did I miss out? Did I go the wrong way? Did I chase the wrong thing? Like I had that fear for many years, but um, I think it was about a year ago. I was driving to Nashville to do a song story of a song that I had written. And I honestly, I didn't remember the song even. I had to pull it up and try to remember like background. And I was listening to this girl who demoed it. And I thought to myself, oh, I can hear. Yeah, that sounds like my melody or that sounds like my inflections. Mm -hmm. And I heard the Lord say to me, do you know what I hear when I hear your songs? Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I don't know. And he said, I hear your voice. Wow. And so it just took away that like fear of missing out on something um, because of all, all the people that I would want to hear my voice. It's him, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so he was just reassuring me all these years. I've heard you, I've heard you, you know, different ways than you expected, but I'm, I'm hearing you. So. Right. Right. And even when we're in the, when we're in the, when we're in the middle of the forest, sometimes it can be hard to see yes. from the forest but looking back now I imagine it just makes so much more sense and you're just like wow like God you are so amazing and you're so good you know yes. wow mm-hmm. um, you had brought up your great name and yeah. because we've chatted a, a few times now I happen to have heard this awesome story behind this song your great name this powerful song um, that we all know very well and that we all just shout, you know, from the mountaintops and we sing, especially that bridge, that bridge. <laughs> Would you be willing just to share the story? Yeah. Cause it has so much redemptive qualities to it. Yes, absolutely. Um, so when I was writing your great name, I had been through a couple of different experiences. One, I had, I had had advanced stage Lyme disease for a couple years and I was in bed um, and I went through, you know, antibiotics and the doctors really did all that they knew at that time. Um, And then I felt like the Lord had promised he would heal me um, because I found a verse that I felt like was for me where Jesus was talking about Lazarus, Lazarus. And he said, this sickness is not fatal. And it's an occasion to show glory by glorifying God's son. Wow. I felt like he was telling me, hold on, I'm going to bring myself glory through your healing. And it took two years and I was not patient the whole time, but Mm -hmm. um, I went to a healing service, which was really out of character for me because I grew up Dutch reformed and we didn't have healing services. (laughs) No, you did not. (laughs) (laughs) It was different. Um, And I didn't know God could still move that way, but when the pastor prayed for me, I literally felt the power of God hit my body. And I knew in that moment, like, I'm not going to be the same after this. Like nothing's, nothing's going to be the same after this. Mm-hmm. And within two months, I was given the all clear from the doctor. I came home just really on fire about praying for healing for people. Mm-hmm. And, um, And I was, I didn't know what to do with that. But anytime anybody got sick, I was like, I want to pray. I want to be the one. I know he can do it because he did it for me. And there was a little boy at our church 
and we gathered around this little boy and we all prayed for him. And it was a big step for our church to do that. And a week after we prayed, he went to heaven and it wasn't the healing we were praying for. And, um, I just saw our church deflate, you know, it was so, it was hard to have the faith to pray for that. And then, um, to get the answer that we did, um, and something rose up in me, which basically said, I just want to speak the truth about who Jesus is, no matter what, like, no matter what we see, no matter what the outcome, this is who he says he is. And, right. and sat down and started writing, you know, lost or saved, find their way at the sound of your great name. All those verses came out of that place. Plus I was in Psalms, which um, you've heard about Psalming, Jenny. Yeah. And I was in this place of singing the Psalms and um, there was a Psalm which repeated, but his love never fails, but his love never fails. And then that just affected my writing that day. And it came back around to at the sound of your great name. Um, and then Michael Neal came in and brought some amazing pieces and helped me finish. Um, and then I thought that was the story of the song. It, it felt like it was God redeeming that horrible time in my life with the Lyme disease. But then it also felt like he was redeeming um, the life of this little boy that we lost in our church. Right. Um, I thought that was it until we went to Scotland with Brave Worship, um, which is a ministry that I work with my sister on. It's for female worship leaders and writers. But we went over there um, with Ray Hughes, and Ray was explaining to us the first day we got there the story of a man named James Guthrie, who was a martyr. Um, he was one of the covenanters, and they were basically a group of um, men that were that were defying the religious oppression of the day. Um, the king was taking away Bibles and religious freedoms, and they were fighting back. They were claiming Jesus as their only king, and he was killed for it on the street there in Scotland. Mm. And I brought my little notes with me of, you know, my family lines that ran through Edinburgh, and I pulled out. Um, my notes as he was talking and I saw James Guthrie in my notes and wow. um, it was a couple hundred years later than the one he was talking about, but it made me wonder. And um, we went to where the martyr James Guthrie was buried and he was buried in a um, cemetery with a hundred other covenanters and on the tombstone, it had all these names of Jesus and bold and, Every bolded word on that tombstone is in the song, Your Great Name. Come on. Which was crazy. Yeah. And by the end of our trip, I figured out he was my 11th grandfather back. Um, and I got to sing in a chapel that he built in the 1600s. And Ray said to me, you carry his blood, Christy. He said he spoke the truth in word. He was a minister, a professor, but you speak the truth through your songs. And um, once we got back home, we realized the covenant that the covenanters actually had signed, um, all of them, including James Guthrie, they signed it. The very last line of the covenant said um, that they swear by the great name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was all in bold again. Um, God. Yeah. So 
it made me realize, whoa, that that song was in my family line. You know, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily like it was, you know, yeah, it was a part of my heart, but it was birthed long before I was even birthed. It ran in my blood. It It ran in your blood and you were carrying it all along though. Yeah. You didn't even know. And I think that's an encouragement for so many people too today is that um, you're carrying things in your heart and your blood that you don't even know yet, or maybe you already released it, but you're not even aware of it. And had you not gone to Scotland, Mm -hmm. you might not have realized the magnitude of the entire story. So what what a powerful thing and what a powerful testimony. And it just brings Mm -hmm. such a powerful awareness of just the awesomeness of the great name of God and how we carry that from generations to generations to generations. And I wish we had time to talk about generational things today, but we don't. But for for good or bad, we carry things inside of us and that there's so many singers, songwriters in particular that I know that are going to tune into this podcast. And I think their real strong encouragement to them is release what you carry because it's in you. Yes. It's awesome. And we can read in the scriptures where it says before you were, before you were born, I knew you. But even like way before, you know, like we're even talking about, you're talking about 11th in line as your grandfather. So that's just like makes my mind shut down when I start doing the math as you were talking about that. Mm. Like before, before, way before you were born, you know, I think sometimes we can textually can look at scriptures like that and be like, oh yeah, right. The moment before I was born, you know, God knew it. But it was just like, if God's everlasting to everlasting, and how long has God known us? And how long have we carried these things? Hmm. Like how awesome of a responsibility in a good way, not in a pressure way, but just to tap into the grace hmm. as musicians, as songwriters, as children of God is when we tap into our grace and we begin to re- release the grace that God's put on our life. Just the magnificence. I'm going to start to tear up a little bit, but the oh. glory that we give to God when we tap into who we are and when we tap into who we are the world around us now because that's part of our identity is being released mm-hmm. and we're you know and then when people come around that because like attracts like now they're able to fully you know in a greater measure tap into the identity that's in them mm. because of what God has done in us so that's powerful, Christy. Thank you for taking the time to share that whole story. And that story is never going to grow old with me. <laughs> I, from the moment I heard that, I have told so many people about this story. I'm like, guys, we gotta, you got to hear this story. It's just wild. It's going to blow your mind. And, you know, there's just so much to this. Yeah. But you are very called and you're very anointed to, mm. to write songs, to write the songs of the Lord, to write the songs that the whole world sings and write songs for the local church. So what would be a practical thing that you would tell young songwriters or aspiring songwriters or really any songwriters that, you know, when people are up and coming, I think we get ideas in our head about what we want to do or how we want to do it. Mm-hmm. What's like a, what's something of levity, like just like, just like something to ground young people that you would say. I think um, this is something that I just realized within the last year, but 
really, I think a lot of times people put a lot of pressure on themselves when they're first starting to write, um, to write songs for the entire world. Right. Um, and that that's the only kind of songs that there right. are like, that's, that's it. The rest don't count for anything, but the Lord really shared with me something this last year that I think is important for new writers to know. And that is that every song is spiritually significant. Come on. Every song has a spiritual impact. So there are really five different kinds. Um, so I want to just speak these out to just take the pressure off of people that are just starting out. But the first type is just to bless God alone. Mm. So you're singing at your piano or on your guitar or, or just even outside, you know, just your voice. And it's just for the purpose of blessing him that, that counts. I mean, that's, you can't even tell. It's like the prayers, you know, that went up in the Bible and it, the Lord sent an ambush as a result of those prayers. You can't always see the effects of those songs, right, but right. we will one day. Um, and then the second kind is a, a worship song that blesses God and blesses you. Um, sometimes when I'm singing to him, I feel like he'll sing back to me or I'll hear something back. Mm -hmm. Um, the third kind is a song that definitely blesses God, but also somebody else. So somebody's going through cancer or somebody's going through a hard time and you're in their life and you have the opportunity to write something for them and they won't have that type of, um, you know, blessing a song, something they can hold on to and sing. They won't maybe get that from anywhere else. I think there's so many of those songs that edify the body that we don't um, know about again, right. it's kind of a hidden significance. Um, and then the fourth is songs for the local body songs that bless the Lord in the local body. Um, and then the fifth kind are songs that are sung around the world, the whole world right. sings. So really it's a very small percentage of songs that actually do get sung by the entire world. Mm -hmm. Mine included, you know, mine included, most of mine never will, but um, I think it's just important to realize, you know, when, when you write a song and it's finished, and even if you're in that place where you don't know what to do with it, um, I think just trusting that there is purpose, no matter what there, it, there was a reason why you wrote that song. And, and one day we'll get to see all of the reasons, but for now we just write. That's right. And just to be faithful to do yes. that and faithfulness alone is enough. And if all our song does is bless the Lord in our music room, then that's enough and it's significant. Yes. It's powerful. Now, I've been really blessed to uh, take your songwriting mentorship program, Aww. if I'm calling it the correct name. But Chrissy has developed a powerful equipping tool for aspiring songwriters and even seasoned songwriters, really, because I know that there's a, there's a, a few seasoned songwriters that I would consider seasoned songwriters in my class, but I've been taking this. I think it's an eight week course and my class happens to be on Wednesday mornings. And with my time zone, it's 7 a.m. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are doing it. We have a ministry school here in our church. So I, we usually teach it Tuesday night. So I get home usually around 1030 on Tuesday nights. And if I haven't got my homework done, I'm sitting at the piano, you know, like just trying to like bust out my recording and just get it up and get it on, you know, get it online there. 
And then, you know, I get up early, like at 5.30 on Wednesdays to meet with all these songwriters and to meet with Amanda, who's doing such an awesome job mm. of facilitating this group. And you've done an amazing job training your leaders around you. Um, but just to wake up so early and to be able to work with so many incredible people week in and week out these past mm. few weeks has been phenomenal. And just growing um, and learning from you Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a mentor, um, who is even though you're far, because uh, it's on a video, you're near. And then we come in together in the small group setting online. It's the whole package. It's such a powerful way to learn. I'm doing my master's right now in university, and so I've done I've done classroom setting, which I love. I love community. I love the power of just learning together because sometimes, well, a lot of times. I'm learning more from just hearing the questions that other people are asking or even from what they're Mm. saying, you know, and all the pieces just get put together. And then I've also done just online schooling, which hasn't been for me personally as a real community person, just really outgoing and love people Mm -hmm. online. It's been a real challenge, but to take this class has just, it's it's almost it honestly has hit all marks with community and even even the online that yeah, even though it's online, um, still learning a lot, you're growing together in community. And it's, and it's not just online connection, it's, it's meaningful connection mm-hmm. with people that just really want to be there with people that are called and graced by God, and mm-hmm. really are just walking along beside one another, and myself and myself with them and just cheering each other on, you know, and saying, mm-hmm. it's awesome, or, you know, way to go and, you know, our co-writes. So, um, Tell us a little bit more. If I have not said enough already, oh, thanks, Jenny. Why, why don't you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, well, I guess the first 15 years that I lived in Nashville, I prayed for a mentor. And um, year 15, I was like, Lord, this has been a long time. Like, can you read up with this prayer? Um, I for this prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, um, he said to me that year, he said, be what you need. And so then I started just gathering people in my living room and, um, and a little bit at a time trying to look and see what are the real needs here and, and then try to provide if I had the ability and if I had um, the time trying to give what I had, you know, just give what I have. Um, and so yeah, over the last year, I saw a real need for, for just learning the skills of writing. Yes, that's one part of it. But the other side that I saw was um, the heart piece, because I feel like writing worship is completely different than any other genre of music. Um, Because if you're having a bad day, you can go in and write a country song from that place. You know, like you can have a bad attitude and maybe write a really good country song out of that place. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to worship, I've known only because I've experienced it. If I walk in and my heart's not right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to connect with the Holy spirit and actually verbalize what he's wanting me to speak that day. And so I had a great realization of the responsibility, um, of having my heart right, not just for me, but for everybody that's on the other side of my songs. That's, it's kind of a, a frightening thing when you think about it too hard. But if you, 
if you know that your heart is right and that you are seeking God daily, um, then it takes away the fear and you know that he will answer you. He will speak to you. Um, and, and I had a great revelation about this, which I share in the course about fresh bread and about how it needs to be happening every morning Mm -hmm. and how we should be drawn into his presence, like the smell of fresh bread. Um, and he's spoken a lot to me about that, but, um, but I felt the need to share what I had learned about all of that. And, um, and so, yeah, we do, we do talk about the skill side of things. Um, but we do also talk about heart and we've learned, um, you know, that we want to create a community where we're, we are cheering one another on and where it's not a competitive environment, but where it's literally, um, safe, where it feels safe for everyone to make mistakes, um, to explore, to try new things. Um, you know, where, where we give room for all of that in a Christian setting. So, you know, it's a safe place, really. Um, there are safeguards. It's not sort of a free for all type thing. It's, um, it's really focused on the Lord and on worship and community. We do three rounds a year is what we're planning on doing. So the spring round is finishing up right now. The next one will be launching around June 14th. Um, and then the fall one will be launching October 18th. And, um, so you can sign up anytime between now and June 14th for that next round. And we will, um, assign you to a small group. We've just found that it's, it's been a big blessing, um, and helps people to walk through details and, um, connect for co-writing, um, all of those things it's, I've been pouring in, we're, we're just about done with everything, but yeah, it took about a year to put the whole thing together. And, um, we're just now having people graduate from our small groups. So it's been a fun. Yeah. Yeah. You must be so proud of seeing people graduate. I know I'm like totally tearing up at my kitchen (laughs) and my computer all the time. (laughs) Yes. So good. And if you are a songwriter and or aspiring just to write more songs or God's been talking to you to write songs for the local church, having gone through the program, I would strongly encourage you to sign up, check it out. You won't be disappointed. You'll be so glad that you did. It is a powerful equipping tool that will take you to the next level of songwriting where you need to go. And it'll also expand your heart for understanding about how songwriting and worship really flow hand in hand. And it's not one and it's not the other, but that there really can just be a flow of it just all flowing out of you. Christy, we just want to thank you so much for being with us today. You're such a blessing to so many. And we just want to say bless you and everything that you're doing. And even as you're navigating how to multiply yourself more in the coming season, that God would just continue to give you eyes to see and ears to hear and just the real heart of wisdom of how to navigate the gifts and callings that he's called you to do. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jenny. And and I want to say one little thing. Um, Many Sundays, the Lord reminds me of your group, and I pray for you guys regularly. So God bless all of you and what you're doing, and um, I'm I'm cheering all of you on and um, walking beside you. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in today with us and Chrissy Nordoff. If you're wanting to get better equipped this season to write the songs the Lord has put within you, 
you can sign up at worshipleaderscollective.com forward slash songwriting dash mentorship. Together we win friends for the glory of God.